story. Today we're talking about how to hear the voice of the Lord. So in our Naturally Supernatural series, today is a great example of how you can be normally yourself and supernatural at the same time, right? That when God comes, he breathes his super on your natural and amazing things happen. When I was learning to hear the voice of the Lord, I was a senior in high school. I had ended a long-term relationship that was very dear to my heart, but also not healthy for my heart. And um, I had been sitting in my driveway just feeling very forlorn, and I don't know, you know, any but teenage love, right? And so um, that was me in my driveway. And I don't think I was necessarily praying to God, but I was having a moment where I was just sitting there kind of venting about how I was mad about my life. And I heard the Lord give me a promise. And he said, if you will follow me, I will do great things with your life. And at that point in time, I really was trying to learn how to walk with God, right? It was, I was trying to, and the Lord was saying, listen, it's worth it. All the hard things saying no to the world, it's worth it. And then flash forward a few months, I really, I got around Grant. I met Grant, went to college, met him. If you've ever known Grant, he is this person who makes you want to know God more, right? There's just something about him. I had never met someone who had such a laser-like focus on who God was in such a way that it made me question, oh my gosh, do I even know God, right? I want to learn to, to know God more. And he was really great at hearing the voice of the Lord, and I wasn't practicing that, and so I wanted to learn. So the way I taught myself was, this was in the 2001, so it was the days of cell phones but not smartphones, okay? And so I would drive about 20 minutes out of town and get myself lost, don't recommend this, and then I would ask the Lord to give me directions back to the highway. All but one time it worked out really well, and um, the one time I did have to stop and ask for some directions. But I wanted to put myself in a situation where I had to rely on God to speak to me, so that was my idea. I would get on the highway, you know, I went to college in Waco, Texas, so you get about 10 minutes outside of the city limits, and it's all country, and so I would just left, right, left, right, and end in some field somewhere, and then I would go, all right, here we go. I'm going to try to get back. And then the Lord would say, turn left here, turn right here. And it trained me to learn how to listen to his voice. Over the course of my life since that point, God has spoken to me in so many different ways, and I've come to cherish his word in my life more than just what's in the Bible, although we're going to talk about that. Um, to the point where it is like a bread to me. It is like a food to me. If I don't have, if I go a couple days without hearing the Lord say something to me, I, it, it's not good, right? I don't, I'm, I'm somebody I don't want to be. We need that. And at this week, I was having an experience like that, and the Lord was reminding me how important it is to hear him on a regular basis. And so I really felt like he was giving a word for all of us to challenge you. So I know in this room, we've got people who are really familiar with hearing God's voice, and we've got people who maybe have never felt like they heard the Lord speak to them before on a very personal level and everywhere in between. So my hope for you today is push yourself to learn a new phrase, okay, a new way to interact with him. So we're going to cover that in a minute, but just want to give a disclaimer. Um, even if you're like, hey, I know how to hear the Lord, challenge yourself to go deeper. Um, all right, so what we're essentially talking about when we say hearing God is learning how to live in habitual fellowship with him. So the Amplified Bible says this about Noah and a few others in the Old Testament, that he was a man of righteousness, or you could translate that to be a man who walked in habitual fellowship with God. I, I love that. That's kind of my goal for my life, right? To take Jesus at his word and allow, get myself to a place where he is just, just habitually in fellowship with me. It's exciting to me. But before we talk about how we hear the voice of the Lord, I wanted to give a biblical basis of the fact that he does speak, because hearing God is our birthright and it's our inheritance. But sometimes we think, oh, that's like for the prophetic people. 
And if I'm not prophetic, like you guys got to see the gift of prophecy on display and be blessed by that, like, come on, that was amazing. And so some of us might say, well, I'm not prophetic like that, so the way I hear God, you know, I, don't, I can't hear him like that. That's not true. I'm going to show you biblically why that's not true. The gift of prophecy is hearing God for other people, but all of us are given an ability to hear God for ourselves, and it can be that dramatic. It can be that accurate for you. So um, I'm going to go through a lot of different scriptures. So if you're taking notes or you want to dig into these for yourselves, you can just jot them down. They're not going to be on the screen. But the first one we're going to do is Genesis 1-3. So within the first three verses of the Bible, God identifies himself as a speaker by doing this. And God said, everybody knows it, let there be light, right? God said. So there's a fact here in this very beginning of the Bible that God does speak. It is something that he does. I don't know if he has a mouth that looks like ours, but words come out of it. <laughs> so Genesis 3, 1 through 22, we're not going to dig into this story. This is actually Adam and Eve receiving their curses and the serpent being cursed and all of that. But what I want to make note of in this specific scripture is this. God also speaks in an audible way that other people can all hear the same thing. This is actually not the only time this happened, but in this moment, God is speaking to Adam, to Eve, to the serpent, and they're all hearing it all at the same time. Sometimes we've just grown so accustomed to think that what I, how I hear the Lord is the only way that he speaks, and we kind of plateau there, and we don't push ourselves to experience other things. When Jesus was being baptized, and he goes out under the water, he comes out of the water, and a voice from heaven, and everybody heard it right? Everybody heard it. And the voice said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. I think that's such a part of the voice of God that we forget because who, you know, it's only happened a few times, but it can happen. All right, another one. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. In the Amplified, it says, he has planted eternity in the human heart. So I felt like the Lord highlighted this verse because of a few reasons. Number one, every person on the earth has a seed of eternity planted within them. What does that mean? You have an, an internal compass of getting back home to heaven, right? We're all gifted in that, okay? So in, we wanna, if we want to talk about predestination or any of those kinds of things, we're all actually predestined because the human heart has a seed of eternity put into it. I also think that seed of eternity, or you know, other translations say he put eternity in the human heart, that portion of eternity is what allows us to connect with God. And when we come to the point of salvation, that seed begins to blossom into a garden. And that garden is the avenue that the Lord begins to come and speak to us in, right? So every person in this room has the exact same hardwiring to hear the Lord speak to you. Every person in the Bible that you've seen and thought, wow, why can't, or I want to see that happen in my life, you have the hardwiring for that, okay? So when we understand biblically what God is saying about this, then we have no more excuses, right? We have no more excuses to say, well, I'm not like that, or that's them, well, you know, this or that. No, it's, it's now it's on you. It's on you and the Lord. And you know what? God wants you to hear his voice. I'm going to prove that to you in a minute. All right, here we go. Psalm 84, verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, talking about God, and in whose heart are the highways to Zion. This is a personal favorite verse of mine. It's, it, to me, it, goes, it couples so beautifully with that Ecclesiastes 3. Your heart has a highway to Zion in the same way that it has a seed of eternity put into it. Okay? What is Zion? It is the place of his presence. It, it, has, many, it has many meanings in this particular 
chunk of the Bible because it actually was a literal city as well. But it is a supernatural city. I don't know what the word might be, but it's a destination as well. It is the place where God dwells. So your heart has a highway to Zion. I shared this with you guys if if you guys were here at Ignite Weekend, but sometimes when we're going to adventure with the Lord and we're going deeper in God, it's like getting lost in a forest where we need a pathway to stand on, right? Sometimes we go, oh, I want to experience something new with the Lord, and then we, we do, and God shows up, and it's amazing, but then we forget how we made that happen, and we can't do it again. Well, you have a highway a way to travel on your heart that takes you to the Lord. I look at it like um, our brain, our physical brain has neuropathways, right? If you've studied the brain at all, it has physical little roads that your thoughts actually travel on. If it's in your brain, that's how, it's just a metaphor. It's a, a parallel of how God works this way. So we are hardwired. We have been, it's been planted inside of us. We've been designed to have a connection to God that we can use in a way that's specific to you. Okay? I hope you're getting excited. All right, people in the Old Testament who were recorded to have heard God speak, and this is not an exhaustive list by any means. Obviously, we know Adam and Eve. Enoch, he walked with God, he was no more. Whatever, it's amazing, crazy. Noah, Abram, Sarah. You might say, well, Sarah's not recorded as hearing the Lord speak. Mm, actually, a couple different times she heard the Lord speak. She just didn't, it wasn't said in the clear as day and God spoke, but you can see her response was responding to what God said. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, all the high priests, Joshua, Ruth, Esther. Again, you might go, well, there's no record of Esther saying and God spoke to me. Listen, how did she come up with the idea for the dinner party? It was the Lord speaking to her, right? And she's spoken out. Samuel and all the prophets and then countless people in the New Testament. But the reason why I bring up these names is because every single one of these people was flawed and had something in their background story that should in our thinking disqualify them from being someone who could hear the Lord speak in a dramatic way. So if God did it for them, why would he not do it for you? right? What about you? And this is where the enemy comes in. He comes in and he wants to shame you to make you feel like something's wrong. Yeah, Bob? uh, Everybody in here has thoughts, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times you 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 just cast them off. Oh, that's just me thinking that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. And we, and we are hardwired to hear him. And there's times where shame comes in and makes us feel like we're discounted or something's wrong with us and God's frustrated or disappointed, all these different things that the enemy tries to do. The reason why I'm hammering on this is because, okay, so are you guys familiar with Jesus teaching the disciples to pray, give us our day, our daily bread, right? Our daily bread, okay? Of course, that has an implication that means the provision of God. Lord, give me what I need to survive today. But there's also an implication that our bread, so Jesus also says man cannot live on bread alone, but the very words of God. So there's a connection there that we need the word of God in our life every day. Lord, give me today's portion of your word, right? Give it to me just like you're providing for me the bread that I'm gonna eat. And so there's something in this 
um, supernatural lifestyle that we're all called to live, this Christian life that we're all assigned to, called to, when you say yes to Jesus, it's now available to you, that says you should be experiencing the daily word of God in your life on a regular basis. And But there's something in us that gets so content to live off of somebody else's buffet right? Like we go to a buffet and, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of this. I've got four kids. It's sometimes really expensive when you know they're only going to eat, you know, one breadstick and you don't want to pay the $7 for them to eat the one breadstick. And so I let them have my breadstick off of the buffet and I didn't pay for them on that one, right? Or they, or they, you see what I'm saying? Like sometimes we can say, well, you have more than enough. So let me just eat your revelation. I don't need my own. Or you guys could say, well, I'm coming to church. I'm going to experience God. Maybe I'll get a prophetic word and then I don't need to hear the Lord speak for myself. Hey, that is not what Jesus died for. That is not what he created you for. You are hardwired to have your own eternity in your heart, right? To have your own expression of that. And so we have to caution ourselves when we come to this place of feeling like so satisfied with what everybody else is getting and what's on their table and what's on their portion that we don't go after our own plate. But there is enough in the kingdom of God for every single one of us in the entire world, all seven whatever billion of us, to have a full plate, a full table in front of us, and then some. I wasn't going to share this, but I had an experience with the Lord a few months ago. It was in the fall, and um, the Lord had taken me to this table. There, it was a vision, and there was this table, and, um, and it was unbelievable, like tears of food, and it was just, you know, like gaudy and just overwhelming, and, and it was crazy, and, um, and I was in this, <clears throat> interacting with the Lord and talking to him, and, and he was saying, take the food and eat it, and I was like, look, I was scanning like you do at a party, you know, that's, oh, that looks like a nice Danish, I'll, I'll grab that, right? We don't want to be the one that's like grabbing all the food because that's embarrassing. And so I'm looking and trying to select what I'm going to eat and the Lord just rebuked me and he was like, no, grab the food. And so I started grabbing pieces of food and I was sending them to other people as well. But every time I grabbed it, nothing changed on the table. It was completely replenished in the moment. And I'm sharing that with you right now because you need to understand that sometimes we attribute to God like a zero-sum balance, like this, there's only this much in the kingdom, and so if I took this much, well, then I have to go slow because there's only a little bit left, right? That is not the way the kingdom of God works. It is constantly, miraculously replenishing. So when you come to the Lord and say, God, I want my daily bread for today, I don't just want a little croissant, I want a giant loaf. I want to really hear from you. You can experience that day after day. But what has to happen is we have to train our body and our mind to catch up with that. Because sometimes we experience something from God and it's so overwhelming that it's hard to show up the next day for more bread, right? So we got to train ourselves to go for that. All right, a few other verses I want to make note of. So John 10, 3 through 4. This is your inheritance verse if you have ever struggled with hearing the voice of the Lord. I said this a few weeks ago. Mark Batterson has written a new book. It's called Whisper. And in the book, and I love this phrase, he says, um, some of us wonder, why doesn't God speak to me? Or we might think, God doesn't want to speak to me. And he said, the question is not, is God speaking? The question is, am I in tune to hear him? He is always speaking. It's like what Bob was saying. But sometimes he's speaking in a way that we're not paying attention to, we're not aware of, we're not looking for. And so we'll be like, well, God doesn't speak to me. Oh, but if you will come at him and seek him 
you will find him. So this verse has been for me a, a very just staple promise, like, you know, pillar verse for me that every time I struggle with, Lord, do you wanna say something to me? Or when it feels dry and I don't feel like I can hear his voice, I come back to this verse because this is your inheritance. Are you ready? Now you're so excited to hear what it is. It says, this is Jesus talking, and he says, the doorkeeper, which is him, opens the gate for this man, and the sheep hear his voice and pay attention to it. Now, this is the Amplified, but I love how the Amplified always makes it personal. It says, and pay attention to it. And you are the sheep. Everybody say, I'm the sheep. Okay? You're the sheep in this story. It says, and knowing that they listen, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out to pasture. When he has brought all his sheep outside, he walks on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice and they recognize his call. We all are hardwired, go back to all these verses I've just been sharing with you, to know the voice of Jesus. Sometimes when we're waking up as sheep, when we're baby sheep, when we're growing sheep, we know his voice, but we also know other voices. We know our abusive parents' voice. We know our um, you know, teacher that was so disappointed in you voice, right? We have other voices. But as we continue to pay attention to Jesus' voice, we learn how to follow it like a tracking device. And it becomes the leader of your life. You can follow it and you can trust it. Jesus says to you, you are my sheep. If you profess faith in Jesus, that's all you need. Now you can hear his voice, okay? One, um, all right, I'll get into that last verse in a second. I wanna share with you guys a couple of ways that God speaks. Um, these are not an exhaustive list. Again, these are just some things I felt like the Lord was highlighting. Um, but I want to say that when you're hearing the voice of the Lord and as you're growing and learning to discern what Jesus's voice is, it's important to have at least one person in your life you can run this by. There's been so many times in my life where I felt like God said something to me and I'll share it with Grant and in just saying it out loud, I'll realize, oh wow, that was not the Lord. It doesn't line up with his character. It doesn't line up with the word of God, right? Sometimes we, when we're stretching ourselves to hear God, we can find ourselves in a position where it feels unknown. It feels like, I don't know what to do with this. This happened to me. I'll share that story maybe in a little bit. It's happened to me actually more times than I care to admit. But that's part of the growing journey. All right, so some of the ways that God speaks. Number one, dreams. Caitlin had a dream last night. It was a great prophetic word. If you feel like there's a dead area in your life, you take that to the Lord. God, you said this area was gonna come alive. You prophesy over that. Uh, I'm gonna give you guys biblical I'm gonna take each of these lists and I'm gonna take it back to something in the Bible so that you can just verify again, without a doubt, this isn't just exhortation, this isn't just excitement, this isn't just my experience, this is your inheritance, your right, I would dare say your obligation to hear from the Lord. So dreams, Jacob had a dream, clearly. These are, there's more in this in the Bible than these two. And Pilate's wife had a dream for Pilate not to do anything with Jesus' crucifixion. Of course, he didn't listen. He was a bad husband at that moment, right? Bad husband, you're supposed to listen to your wife's prophetic dreams. But she had a dream. God speaks in dreams. Sometimes he can only speak to you in dreams because your mind is so, yeah, that it can't hear what he wants to say while you're awake. This is what happened to Adam. Hush, Adam. Trust me, I'm gonna rip your rib out and I'm gonna make you a wife, right? But Adam had to go to sleep so that could happen. Sometimes that happens with us. So dreams. Another one is the audible voice of God, Genesis 3. Again, when Jesus is baptized and other times. 
Um, I've had this experience one time, and I'll just share it with you just to boost your faith a little bit. I was in my kitchen, and, and one of my best friends was in there with me, and then Grant was in the living room a little ways away, and we were talking, and we were making dinner, and we heard an audible shofar blow in our kitchen, and we don't have a shofar, okay? And it was like, whatever the noise is, and we both looked at each other, and we were like, did you hear that? And it was this crazy thing, and the Lord ended up giving this really neat prophetic word, and we got to go minister that that night, and it was this amazing experience, but both of us heard something that wasn't in the room make a sound. That can happen today. Super strange, but why not, right? All right, uh, third one, visions. I'm going to just, I'm going to give the category of visions, I'm going to describe it like this, there are probably other descriptions out there, but a vision is like when you're aware of your physical body, but you're watching a movie screen. Okay, so it's like um, you're, you're taking in a picture through your eyes or your spiritual eyes, but you're still aware of your physical body. And so Isaiah 6, 1 through 2, the train of his robe filled his temple verse. Okay, he's having a vision. There's so many visions in the Bible, but here's just two. Another one would be Acts 9, 10 through 12, when Ananias has a vision that Paul has gone blind and God instructs him to go and heal Paul. I love that verse. I'm like, Lord, give me the guts to say yes to you if that was ever something you were going to doing me because that was dangerous um all right next one encounters could encounters be visions they can but i'm gonna say an encounter is when you lose awareness of your physical body so if you're getting really technical you can also include like trances in this like when peter was in a sleep-like state he was having a trance and god dropped the dropped the cloth down and axe and he was able to now eat all the four-footed animals you guys familiar with that this isn't the bible so strange it's like it's i love it, it keeps me on my toes um, another encounter would be John receiving the book of Revelation. He was now no longer aware of his physical body. Doesn't mean that he wasn't still here on earth. It just means the way that he was interacting with the Lord, he lost a sense of that. Does that make sense? So if you've ever had these two experiences, you know what I'm saying. If you haven't, you know, this is semantics of the difference of the terms, but just for the sake of today. You could ask for those uh, in particular. All right, another way the Lord speaks, the Bible. What? Yes, the Bible. Hebrews 4.12 tells us the Bible is, it says, for the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. I also sometimes get bored of the Bible, but I love the Bible, just being totally transparent with you, right? Sometimes we hear people go, I love the Bible, and you think, but do you ever get bored? Well, well, yeah, sometimes. But the thing about the Bible is that it is our foundation and our guardrail and our framework for everything. It is the vessel that God pours the water into. So any experience that you have with the Lord can be validated in the Bible if it's true. That's his wisdom, right? So there's this, this, as we journey with God and as we kind of open our heart to say, Lord, I want you to blow me away. I want you to amaze me. I want you to be more, this, one of the prayers I pray is, I want you to be more real to me today than I've ever experienced before. It's a fun and shocking prayer to pray sometimes. And so as, those, as he begins to show up and do different things, like maybe you smell something, maybe you feel something, you know, different experiences you might have, you take that back to the word and you will always find a basis for it in there. It becomes our framework and our guardrail so you need to know the word but also if you need to have a if you're like I want to hear your voice Lord start with the word start with the Bible right because it's layered upon layered and there's always something living for you so I know you guys know some of this but all right next one God can speak in a gentle wind 
1 Kings 19, 11. Elijah has just had an encounter with all the prophets of Baal, and he's freaking out. We would like to say he's being victorious, but he's not. And the Lord says, go stand on this mountain. I'm going to pass before you. And what you guys know the story. A mighty wind that's knocking rocks off mountains comes through, but God wasn't in the wind. And then there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was fire, and God wasn't in the fire. And then there was a gentle breeze, and the Lord spoke to him through that gentle breeze. But I want to say to you that God can also be in the earthquake, the fire, and the mighty wind. In this particular instance, Elijah didn't find God in those things. To me, that implies he had found God in those ways before. Uh, let's talk about fire. Jeremiah 23, 29, the Lord says, is not my word like fire? God can speak to us in fire. It's possible. The last two, <clears throat> the collective. Acts 15, 28, the disciples were, or the apostles were um, having, a, they were trying to make a decision and then it says, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. There was a collective sense that this is the will of God. This is something that we fall back on sometimes when we just don't know how to discern what God is saying. We gather people together that are all hearing from the Lord together, and there's a collective sense that comes. Have you ever experienced something like that? Family decision that you need to make, those kinds of things often happen. The last one I want to say to you is journaling. And this is where we're sort of going to land the plane. So... One thing that Grant does that blows me away, and how he's, he's taught on this before, um, there's podcasts about it. I know a lot of you guys have developed this into your life. I know I have um, in a fresh way. And it's this concept of two-way journaling, okay? And in a sense, it's basically saying, I want to have a conversation with you, Lord. So I want to say something. I want to experience God respond back to me. I want to say something else. And the Lord says something else back to me in a conversation. We see this actually all throughout Genesis and in some places in the New Testament that God is a conversational God, but it's our framework that allows us to experience different things with him. So if I'm expecting him to only speak to me a little scripture, or if I'm expecting him to only say, you know what, sweetie, I love you, and I stop there, that's all I'm going to get. Sometimes God might break through that, but in the most part, he's going to honor how you present yourself to him, right? So if I come and I say, Lord, I want to have a conversation with you, you will be amazed at what happens. So I, I felt like yesterday as I was practicing and, you know, going through all these scriptures with the Lord, um, I felt like he said, you forgot to put down journaling. And I said, well, Lord, I didn't put down journaling because I don't know a Bible verse that, you know, I don't know how it connects to the Bible because they didn't walk around with tablets chiseling out what they felt like the Lord was saying, like we do. But this morning, um, as I was just typing this out, the Lord said, hey, go look up Revelation 1. I said, okay. And guess what I found in Revelation 1.11? This is so cool. God, it says, John is having his encounter. He goes into whatever he went to, and it starts experiencing Revelation. And the angel says to him, write on a scroll what you see. Honestly, our generation would say, well, that's a journal, it's a modern-day journal, right? It might help you if you write scroll on your journal. I don't know if you need to do that or not. But there's this element of paying attention to what God is saying. So some of us are hardwired to experience God and hear his voice when we're out and about in nature. That's like, God bless you if that's you. I'm not a nature person. But hey, if that's you, I know a lot of people that they go into a room of trees. Uh, not a room of trees. That'll show how non-nature-oriented I am. Oh, my word. Wow. Yeah, a room of trees, no. Um, 
That is my kind of nature, actually, yes. Are these all fake? They're not going to die on me? Great, I will take these. Um, No, but you go into like a walk outside and your spirit becomes alive and you start to hear the Lord say things. Some of you are wired like that, and that's amazing. But I want to challenge you, write down what you feel like God says. Because sometimes what happens is we're, we're talking with the Lord, we're feeling his presence, and then we don't write it down. A few days goes by, the enemy comes in with his flaming darts, and then all of a sudden we start going, oh man, the Lord just doesn't speak to me. You're like, well, hold on. Two days ago, you had this amazing encounter. You just forgot to write it down, right? So the, I want to talk to you guys a little practically about what two-way journaling can look like for you. Um, so for me, and, and really the way that we usually teach this concept is, is make a note in your journal when you're listening to the Lord speak so that you can tell there's a difference. So for me, what I do is I write an L and I draw a circle around it. That just stands for listen. It's really not complicated. Some people take different colored pens and when they feel like the Lord is speaking to them, they use a different color pen. So this way, when you go back through your journal, you can see, oh, this was God speaking to me. Part of why we do that is because we wanna verify if it was the Lord. The more you see that it was God, the more confident you become when you approach him the next time, right? So for Grant, he, he journals, if you've ever seen him at Starbucks, you know, he journals on his computer and he, he'll write out what he feels like the Lord is saying and then he'll select the whole text and change the color that way. That's really great for techie people. I can never remember to take anything besides my one pen with me. So the L circle has worked really well for me for about 10 years. So I can go back through any journal and thumb through it and find, oh, this is when I felt like the Lord was speaking to me and read it. You know, sometimes I'll go back and read it and I'm like, wow, I really missed it. That was not the Lord. And just draw an X through it so I don't go back to that again. But other times I go back six months ago, a few months ago, a few weeks ago and read what the Lord was saying. And it's like, wow, Lord, that was really you. Look at how that's begun to take shape in my life. That's one of the amazing things that journaling can do for you because you can hold that record for it, especially when you make a note somehow, draw a box around it, whatever. So this is usually what happens when we go to journal with the Lord. We, we write a question or a thought. You know, um, The other day, my, my thought was, okay, Lord, what are you doing about this thing? So I, I write that out. And then I wait and I listen, okay? Normally, it comes like a thought, almost like a little prompt, what, what we think should happen is he's going to say a whole bunch of words and then we're going to write it all down. What usually happens, and I've seen this with a lot of different people, is that he says a couple of words. When we start to write, he keeps talking, right? You guys are all nodding because you've experienced something like that before. So I'll start writing and he'll say, uh, I'm doing, and, I'll, and that's all I hear at first. If I stop and wait for him to say more, a lot of times he doesn't. I don't know why. It's just kind of the way it works for me. And so I'll write out, I'm doing. By the time I'm done with that G, he's already saying the next thing. Before I know it, five lines in my journal is taken up of things that the Lord is wanting to say. So then what do we do? Because the Bible is our framework. We are being given by God this hardwiring for eternity so that we know we can hear his voice. But does that mean we will always hear him 100% of the time? No, it doesn't. We're humans. We're not gods. Shocking. Spoiler alert, right? We are not like innately supernatural. We're not angelic beings. We are people. We are flawed people. And sometimes we are more flawed in our thinking than others. And so what we have to do is test and see, test, not taste, test and see and judge what we feel like the Lord is saying. So we're not going to get hypercritical and, Lord, did you use a comma? Well, you should have used a comma there, right? It's not like that per se, but it's really just saying, does this hold up when I present it to Scripture, when I present it to the nature of God, when I read it and I, you know, and I, I ask my heart, like, Lord, does, like, is there a testifying in my spirit that this is true? 
So this is what happens for me a lot. I'll say, Lord, what do you want to speak to me? Give me something out of the Bible, because that's for me, I love to do that. Give me a scripture to look up, because I, I can memorize scripture, but I'm not so great at memorizing the reference, okay? So he'll say, Acts 29, verse 10. I'll be like, sweet, and I'll go, and wait a second, Acts only has 28 chapters. That wasn't the Lord. Ask again, right? And I tell you that this happens to me. I mean, I have hundreds of these stories where the Lord will say, I'll, I will hear, I will hear, thinking it's God. You know, Lamentations 5, 7, I'm making this up. And then I go to there and it's like, and the whole city was smote and all the people died. And it's like, yeah, no, mm -mm, that's not what you're saying, Lord, right? I guess he could, but you're gonna have some understanding of why. And I share that very vulnerably to tell you in the process of practicing, right? That's what we're doing. Sometimes we get it wrong and we're not gonna, we're not gonna take on condemnation or shame when we get it wrong. We're just not. It's just not the way that the kingdom works, right? We scratch it out, we start over, we try again, we show up again and we let God begin to speak to us. The more we do it, the better it becomes and you get to have these amazing experiences. One thing I do, and this is the last thing I'll say about journaling, Usually at the end of a journaling session with the Lord, um, I'll always ask the Lord, you know, is there anything else you want to say? And a lot of times he'll give me a scripture that literally goes exactly with what I had just been reading. So if you're on my Facebook, you saw this happen to me yesterday. I was journaling with the Lord and he was giving me like a whole page of information about the season that I'm in and just so encouraging and saying, you know, this is what's going on in your life. And, and it was all true. And it was like, you know, do this and just so good about this season. And then he said, now go read Proverbs 10. So I start reading in Proverbs 10, I get to verse 5, and it says, I kid you not, know the importance of the season you're in. And I was like, gosh, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I can confirm everything you were saying, right? I'm a confirmation person. I like to have confirmation, and God likes that about me. And he likes that about you if you're like that too. So take it to the bank. Ask him, God, give me confirmation, especially if you're getting started in this. So I am hoping at this point you guys are feeling energized and excited to Pursue hearing God on a deeper level. For those of you guys that feel like, man, I hear the Lord all the time, I wanna challenge you. What more can you hear? What more can you experience in the Lord? Have you been living on the same meal for the last five years and God wants to change it up a little bit, right? Or he wants to give you more and see what you do with that. Okay. Just making sure there's nothing else I'm supposed to say. I want us to end by taking a second to listen to the Lord because, you know, it wouldn't really make sense if we didn't, right? Um, and so we're going to take a second to wait on the Lord. I am not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want you to be honest with yourself. Do you feel like you've ever heard the Lord say something to you more than just, I love you? That is one of the most profound prophetic words you can get. So I'm not minimizing that at all. I hear the Lord say that a lot for me. I need him to say that a lot for me, right? But if you stop at that point, I wanna encourage you, there is so much more for you, okay? So I want you to just take a second with your own heart and be honest with yourself. Do, are you familiar? Have you heard the Lord say something more than I love you? And the other question that I have for you is have you, and this is just to set the heart, your heart tone before we go into waiting on the Lord. Has it been a while since you've heard God speak to you? So the, I do want to share this one last thing before we take a second, because this is important. A few weeks, I don't know, a week or so ago, I was um, with the Lord, just journaling and spending time with God. And a lot of times I'll turn on music and I'll just sit. And what it looks like for me, and it doesn't have to look like this for you, but for me, I'll just close my eyes and I'll just wait on the Lord and I'll say, God, you know, what are you, what are you doing? 
What do you want me to know? You know, the different questions that come from my heart. And I had an experience with the Lord where um, there was an aspect of his nature that came and poked me in the chest. And I told the story to Grant, and he started laughing, and I was like, wow, that kind of hurts my feelings because this was kind of a big deal. And of course, you know, he still thought it was really funny, probably because I poked him in the chest kind of accidentally when I did that. But, um, but it poked me in the chest, but I didn't have any understanding of what was going on. And honestly, I felt offended because it felt harsh, and it made me start questioning, wait, Lord, you're not harsh. You're never harsh towards me. So what the heck was this about, you know? And so a few days went by, and I realized I had not wanted to hear the Lord. It was like a very subtle thing where I just kind of like, you know, I'll read, I'll read it in the Word, I'll get, my, I'll get my daily bread from another source, but I don't really want to hear it directly from you. And so I, the, this day, I sat with the Lord and I said, God, you know, what are you doing? And he reminded me of a few days before when that had happened, and I, and I realized, oh my gosh, I, I withdrew from you, Lord. I didn't, I didn't catch that, right? God knew, but I didn't know. And, um, and so I repented and I said, I'm just being really honest to show you how, these, how we can move out of these type situations. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for, for withdrawing from you. I should have asked you what that was about. I, I felt offended and I, I just stopped. I just kind of was like, uh, I don't get that. And, um, and, and I, you know, he forgave me, obviously, and he didn't explain it. But there's a thing, um, I think it's in Isaiah, it talks about the seven spirits of God and it lists out, you know, God is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but then there's also other things that flow from his nature. It's the easiest way I can explain it, but Isaiah says there's a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of understanding, a spirit of might, right? It lists out these different things that we actually experience in our lives. We just don't have the word for it. We just kind of say it's Holy Spirit, and it is, and calling it a different name is kind of, you know, sometimes irrelevant, but the spirit of understanding is this aspect of God that comes that helps us understand what's happening in our spirit, pretty simple explanation, right? But what happened to me was I was experiencing something of the Lord, but I, I didn't have the understanding. For whatever reason, the understanding didn't come. And so because of that, I kind of took a step back. And so I had to repent and say, Lord, if you, like, please let me catch that understanding. Philippians puts it this way, that there's a way that we can have peace that actually surpasses our understanding. But as we move about life and as we step out in faith in different times and God doesn't come through in the way we thought he would, things happen where we begin to kind of like, right? We flinch a little bit, right? Like, I love you, Lord. I know in my head I'm supposed to love you. I know you're good. I know all these things. But that actually hurt me when that happened. And I don't know, like, do I forgive you? How does that work? Like, you're perfect, right? We go through these situations. And I just want to say before we go into this, because I'm sure there's at least a couple of us in the room that have these moments where it's like, I want to jump in, Lord, but I have this hesitation and I don't know what to do with it. So here's what you do with it, okay? You ask the Lord for understanding. And if he doesn't bring understanding right away, you ask him for peace that actually super, like goes above the understanding, right? Because anything that you're feeling that's causing you to withdraw, I guarantee you the enemy is camping on that to keep you back. Because the sons and daughters of God, we, as weird as this sounds, it's like we ride valiantly into the sunset of the kingdom of God, right? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to freely go, here's my heart, Lord, you can have it all. But sometimes it's like, you can have it all except for this one part that I tried to give you a few years ago and that did not go well. And so you can have it all, but I'm like, Hold. you see what I'm saying? And so we do that, that happens and that's normal. And I wanna tell you that's normal. And if you're experiencing that, it's okay. Just don't stop there. Let's take that to the Lord. So I'm gonna turn on some music and if you feel like there's something that's coming up in you that you need to take to the Lord, do that.
Um, and like, here's what it looks like for me. And I, I can't even tell you how many times I've had to do this. This was just my most recent experience. But I'll have to say, Lord, I apologize. I repent for backing up from you because you know better than I do. But I'm asking you to help me understand. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm asking you to either help me have peace, help me have understanding. And then as crazy as this sounds, sometimes we have to forgive the Lord. It's more for us. Forgiveness is always really more for us than it is for the other person anyway. So it's more for us. And sometimes we have to say, Lord, I, I, I forgive you. I forgive you for that that hurt me. And, you know, does God go, does God feel anything negative about that? Of course not. He's God. He's completely secure. But he knows that for you, it might be helpful for you to do that. So I want to pray. We're going to take just a minute or two. And what I want you to do is if you have a piece of paper or a notes on your phone, go ahead and get it out because I want you to write down what you feel like the Lord is saying, okay? And don't stop at one phrase. If you stop and he doesn't say anything else and you waited for a good minute or two, that's okay. You can stop there. But um, I, I really want to challenge you to challenge yourself to push in a little bit further, all right? All right, so Lord... God, we just thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for breaking out of our box in the best way. And Lord, I'm asking that you release your voice in this place right now. For any of us that feel withdrawn from you, even just a little bit, for any of us that feel a slight hesitation of hearing you speak to us, Father, I pray you guide us on how to release those burdens to you, on how to lay that down, on how to forgive you. And Lord, we just release your peace in this place and your spirit of understanding. And we welcome your voice to come and speak to us in the name of Jesus. So let's just take a minute or so.